Hello and welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. You're listening to the podcast for people who want to learn about the government market from the contracting officer's perspective. If you are a contracting officer, we hope to give you a little more insight into industry's perspective. Today's cast is about contract types. We spend the next 15 minutes or so walking you through the two basic types of contracts that the government uses. So with that, let's get started. Hey, Kevin, today we're going to talk about contract types. We're just going to cover two basic types of contracts, fixed price contracts and cost reimbursable contracts. We're not going to talk about when they're used or why they should be used or, or this, the sub-genres of contracts, the it, different incentive types. We're not going to talk about the administration of contracts. Those are different casts. This is just a top-level overview of contract types. Where did this idea come from? Yeah, so, so uh, a, a junior program manager came into my office and said, Hey, my new contract is cost plus fixed fee. What does that mean? So, we so are. we spent ten minutes talking about exactly what what the difference was between the fixed price contracts he's had before and a cost reimbursable contract. And I think I think I'm probably going to repeat a lot of what I said there in the next couple minutes here. So, we usually start the cast by identifying what what zone are we talking about? What which 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 acquisition zone? Which time zone? So contract type is a zoneless concept. It, it, is, it is all and none. The, it, it really, during the requirement zone and the market research zone, what type of contract to use is, is that's, that's what's being considered then. It's final when you get to the RFP zone. That, that's where the contract type is locked in. But uh, there, there really is no zone for this cast. So let's get started. Firm fixed price. Firm fixed price is how... You buy almost everything in your life, right? So say you want to buy a printer. You're going to buy based on the features that, that you need, that you desire, and price is, is going to be one of the factors usually in there. And after you decide what features you need and about how much you want to pay, you just buy it. You pay the, the retailer or the vendor or whatever. You pay them a certain amount of money. They hand you a printer. Transaction complete done and you don't have any insight into how much profit the manufacturer and the retailer are actually making in the transaction nor do you care because you're comparing against different types of printers that meet your requirements so for more sophisticated buys the government this is this is what makes the government world unique the government may actually require you as as in, from the industry side to give them cost and pricing data so that they can verify not only that you're making a fair profit but that that you know how to how to meet their requirement and that you're not going to go out of business trying to trying to deliver what you've promised to deliver at at way way too low a price. And I'll, 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 I'll good morning. I'll jump in here. One thing that to consider in the difference between firm fixed price and cost type and all this kind of things is is risk. Who's bearing the risk? Ah, good point. So as we're talking through like the printer uh, a great example would be, well, it's, 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 the risk is already, the risk of that price, it's already embedded into the seller. They've already decided the market has decided what the price is for that printer. So they have to deliver it at that price. The risk of delivery is on the seller because you said you're going to sell the printer for a hundred bucks. It better be a hundred bucks. So firm fixed price says this is what the price is. Your risk as the, as the contractor is you're going to deliver it at that price. And as opposed to in cost type, it's, a lot of that risk shifts over to the government because there's a certain amount of cost is covered 
regardless of how well you, oh, that sounds bad, but yeah, realistically, regardless of how much of the contract you actually accomplish, you're going to get a certain amount of cost covered. Right. So the risk shifts over to the government. So it's right. a that's really the fundamental difference. Yeah, and it's a little bit different if if you are if you're manufacturing printers, you've done risk equations and built that into the price that you uh, market these things for. It's a little different than uh, the situation where you're promising to build something for a certain price that you haven't actually built yet, whether you've built one before or whether this is the first time you built it, all the risk is on you to actually figure out how to build it and deliver it for that price. So risk risk is a big part of it. Who bears the risk? Fixed price, industry bears the risk. The contractor bears the risk that they can complete and deliver whatever they're supposed to for the price that's agreed to. And, and, and a cost reimbursable, the definition of risk is based on contractor's best effort. It's a, I, I'm sure that's in a, a regular, I'm sure I read that somewhere in a regulation, but that's kind of how I, how I wrap my head around. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about cost reimbursable. So pure cost reimbursable contracts are unique to the government world. I've been trying to think of an example. There probably is an example of, of cost, pure cost reimbursable outside of the government world. I don't have one. Send me an email if you, if you have one, that'll, that'll be a great add to this discussion. So your proposal in a cost reimbursable world is your best estimate of the cost that it will take you to do the job that the government needs you to do or deliver whatever they need you to deliver. You, to, in order to do this, you have to be able to properly track your costs and, and be able to bill your actual costs. So it's, it's a more sophisticated contract type, and it's, it's much more difficult for a small company to, to run a, a, a cost-reimbursable type effort just, just because of the act extra back office it takes to, to be able to track the cost to the government's satisfaction. And this is where uh, the government audit agencies get involved. It, you know, we're used to DOD, right, where, where you have the DCAA and DCMA, Defense Contract. Audit Agency. Yeah. And, Defense Contract Management Agency. Yeah. <laughs> we're code breakers. <laughs> so to, in, in order to do this cost reimbursable thing, the government needs complete insight into your books. And that's something that, you know, if you're still, if you, if you're working on QuickBooks or something that, you know, most small companies use something like that, you may not be sophisticated enough yet to, to have a cost reimbursable contract and you may not, may not want to. Yeah, and, and that's the comment about not wanting to, that's a, that's a something really to consider. Right? You, technically, I think you can actually run cost type contracts off of QuickBooks, but it, you know, you're kind of busting at the seams as far as the capability, but get aside from the whole, the, the technicalities of it, but think about what you're doing. You're essentially saying, okay, government, I'm going to build, let's pick something. I'm going to build a submersible. I'm going to build this, this super cool you know, submarine that's never been made before. It's going to cost me $50 million to do it. And the government, us taxpayers are looking at that going, okay, why 50 million? Why not 4 million? Why not 400 million? Now you hear all these stories about contract overruns, et cetera. So my brain says it's probably more likely 400 million than it is 40. So you get in this discussion of, okay, well, well, how exactly do we define those costs? And that's what, that's what you're talking about as far as the, the cost reimbursable process has to show, if we're going to reimburse you for these costs, we have to know they actually happened, number one. Number two, we have to know that they're actually allowable. So here's a fun exercise. Go into FAR Part 32. For those of you, follow, those of you following along, go to uh, the FAR site. And there's a contract ex- admin section in there, and there's a list of all kinds of stuff that's not allowable. For example, alcohol. If you have, just follow along, you'll see how, how crazy this can get in a hurry. If you have, let's just say, 
you you host a Christmas party and you get an open bar. And in that open bar, of course, there's alcohol. That alcohol is rolled up into your overall over, overhead of your company. That becomes a cost that becomes part of your cost pool. That cost pool then becomes on this government contract. Hmm, alcohol is not allowable. Okay, that's easy to fix if you've got a sophisticated accounting system. You just pull out that cost and off right. you go. So that, that's how this can get crazy in a hurry. And that's why when somebody says, oh, it's a, it's a cost type contract, all my costs are covered. Okay, that that by itself may be true, but you've got some other stuff to deal with. Um, and give an example of a cost type of a pure cost contract or pure pure cost type contract line item would be, for example, I've done it for travel. So we have a a, a product uh, contract where they're developing some 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 equipment and they're going to be traveling. Well, it's easier to say we know how many trips you're going to take, but you know airfare is very volatile. I mean, if, if the trip happens to happen in December versus if you're flying to December in Florida, it's going to be more expensive than flying to Florida. Yeah, one of the hardest things to price, the most, exactly. the most volatile thing there is. So, so what we end up doing as a contracting officer may end up doing is having a contract line item, line item that's cost for travel. And that way you're not getting any profit on it. So it's straight cost, but that's an example of something that it makes sense to do cost. Yeah, no, no risk for you, no matter what it costs, you'll get reimbursed for the flight. Provided you have funding on the contract. Yeah, right. That's another story. So let me get to the conversation that I had with the program manager that came to my office. And the, the, this goes in, how, how does industry make its money? So on a firm fixed price contract, if you promise to deliver a printer by a certain time, the faster you make that printer, the better deal you get on all the parts, the more money you make on it because if you say you're going to sell it for a hundred dollars, if you estimate it's going to cost $90, but you manage to build it for $85, you're going to make $15 instead of $10 profit. And that can be a big deal on a cost reimbursable contract. If you say it's going to cost a hundred dollars and you're expecting, if you say you're going to sell it to the government for a hundred dollars, you're expecting to make, you're expecting it's going to cost you $90 to build it and that you're going to make $10. If it only costs you $85 to build it, you only get that $85. You'd still get your $10 profit if that was the amount that was agreed to, but you only get the cost that you expend. And if it costs you $95 instead of $90 to build it, the government will pay you that extra $5. You don't get a proportional amount more profit on it. You still get your $10, but the government has to pay more. The government's not good at coming up with money afterwards, so they want a very good cost estimate. But the difference is, how, how do you make your money? Fixed price, you're incentivized to do it better, to, to, to do the job faster and, and less expensive because you get to keep any difference between what it costs you and what you agreed to sell it to them for. Cost reimbursable, you don't get to keep any difference. But if it costs you more than you expected to build, the government covers that extra cost. So you can see why fixed price... For simple acquisitions, great way to go. Cost reimbursable for simple acquisitions, there's a lot of tracking involved that can add up to a lot of cost itself just to track the cost properly. So cost reimbursable, generally larger acquisitions, more sophisticated contractors. Does that make sense? Yeah, and to to tie on to what you were just saying about the 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 printer with the $10 versus $15 of profit, you notice that was the risk shifting back and forth is the risk of delivering for $100 is totally on the contract tour. 
Whereas if it under a cost type, the risk of delivering at the estimate of $95 or $100 is on the government because if it costs, let's say it costs $110 to make the printer, the contractor is still going to get that 10% profit. And by the way, that's actually called fee. And we're, we're referring to in this case as a cost plus fixed fee type contract. But anyway, you get the basic idea. It's called that's fee the, on the government side. I don't know that industry yeah. usually calls it fee. It's all, it, yeah, it's, it's profit. It's, <laughs> um, we, could, we could get into the nuance of in a, in a firm fixed price contract, it's, it's profit. But on a cost type contract, it's referred to as fee. Yeah, so, absolutely. It's, more often than not, it's fixed. Um, it just... That's a whole, again, incentive fee is a whole other discussion that we can do <laughs> on the podcast on. But I want what the big takeaway here is understand that clearly understand where that risk is shifting. So the reward for firm fixed price is profit if you save money. The reward for not for, the reward for saving money on a cost type contract, well, the cynical side is that you don't get any additional reward. But keep in mind, you also didn't take any additional risk. Right. Right. That's that's the difference. Is if the co- if it ended up costing you one hundred and ten dollars to make that printer, you're still going to get ten dollars fee. Whereas, think about it. If you if you called the government under a firm fixed price contract, I can do it for hundred bucks, and it costs you one hundred and ten. You just lost money. Yikes! That's a good way to go out of business. Yep. So now you see the risk shifting around. That's really what this this cast is focused on. That's a good way to look at it. So so there's fixed price. There's cost reimbursable contract type. So another thing we should mention is you can actually do a, a hybrid of the two contract types where you propose, say, fixed prices for your time, for the labor involved. I will work for $10 an hour, but actual cost for materials or travel or like, like you were mentioning before. So an example of this, I hired someone to paint my house, and they estimated it was going to take a certain amount of hours to paint the house, and, and we fixed that, so – Regardless of the hours, the price for painting that painting was going to be, let's say, $500. The materials were cost reimbursable. They wouldn't agree to it up front because they didn't know exactly how much paint it would take. So they go to the paint store and they get a special deal on everything. But they buy drop cloths and brushes and paint and come paint the house. Before they get done with a room, they find out oh, they need another gallon of paint. So they go back to the paint store and buy another gallon. When it's all done, we settle up. And I pay them the fixed amount for the work, the, the time, the $500. And I also pay them $200 for the paint, which they've given me receipts of exactly how much they spent on those things so I know. And, and we estimated up front. It's, it's not like I didn't know the total was going to be $700 in this example. Or around seven hundred dollars, but it could have been six seventy five, could have been seven fifty, could have been a thousand. Uh, they surely would have kept me apprised of it if they were going to go that much over the estimate. But the the point is that this is not it's not a fixed price contract type, even though part of it's fixed, and it's not a cost reimbursable because if they took three days to paint it instead of two days, I wasn't going to pay them any more for the actual labor portion of the job. And that's a great example because you can see the risk floating back and forth. In, in, in your scenario, that $500 is, is fixed. So if, it, if they can finish it in 20% fewer hours, they make profit on that. So the risk is on them for that, but the risk is on you for if they totally underestimate and go, actually, it's going to take you know, 500 gallons of paint because it's a special kind of concrete that soaks it up or you know, whatever. Right, right. They might not know that. Or if you decide you want the most expensive type of paint instead of the most basic paint – they don't care. 
this is a great example of the creativity that goes into a contract type. You know, imagine your example for buying a, an aircraft or a software platform or a, a, a construction project or you pick anything the government buys, it makes sense in certain cases where you know certain parts and you don't know other parts. So imagine if we go back to the, the, the travel thing, you know you need the person to do a whole lot of work, you don't know how many trips they're going to take. So the contract is going to have how much is the salary for the person? That's a fixed fee. They make you know, a certain amount per month for that's their salary. And then the travel is going to be cost because it's, it, it is what it is. Yep, now, t- totally variable and can be totally variable. Now, as far as the administration of that, you have to, you, know, there's, you write in the, the clauses about you have to notify the, con- yeah, the contracting officer has to be approved. I mean, there's other pieces. It isn't like it's a blank check. But you, you see that how you can actually find a halfway house between the fixed price and the cost reimbursable, and that risk floats around. And that's honestly, as you can tell by the way we talk about this, this is what makes this work interesting because you can do this, you can do contracts a million different ways, but just understand what your basic options are to be able to execute. Yep. Just painting my house, I could yeah. agree up front to a whole price, a firm fixed price to 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 paint it, but you have to be very specific about exactly what type of paint you want. And the contractor has to understand, like you said, whether or not that concrete wall is going to soak up two gallons of paint instead of one. So there's there's risk involved there for the contractor if they guess wrong. You you could uh, agree purely on a cost reimbursable if the contract if the painting contractor was going to tell you exactly how much he pays his guys per hour and what his overhead is for the truck and all that kind of stuff. That'd be a mess. Or you could do some kind of hybrid where he tells you this is how much it's going to cost for the labor and you, you pay the actual cost for the materials. So that shows how complex it can be just to create a contract for something as, as simple as painting a house. We don't want to get into all the different contract types. We really want to keep this cast at a top level. So before we wrap it up, we should cover one more thing that, that's obvious to us as former contracting officers, but maybe not obvious to, to industry or to, to fairly new contracting officers. So, so go, Kevin. So the concept of cost plus a percentage of cost is not allowable. So, and for those of you who want to follow along in the FAR, this is 16102C. So basically what this means is we talked about cost type versus firm fixed price. And we have cost type contracts where you get a certain amount of profit. Remember, we talked about that profit is, is usually fixed. So what this means is that you can't just have a cost contract that you get fee based on however high your costs end up being. So as a taxpayer, it's, and this is, why, this is why we went back and talked about it, is that as a taxpayer, it's good to know that there is no contract type that specifically allows you to just run up your costs and then as high as your costs go is how much your profit is. Right. So in so, numbers terms, $100 contract that with, with 10% fee is a $110 contract, right? If, if you overrun and you spent 10% more, in a cost plus percentage of cost arrangement, you'd get 10% more fee, which so you can see all that does is incentivize industry to spend more money and increase their costs because they get more profit out of it. So it, it's, it's, it's easy to understand why that is a bad thing, but, uh, but maybe not clear that it is actually prohibited by the FAR. Correct. So not, now you know. So that's it for our discussion of the basic contract types. There's certainly a lot more to cover in the contract types conversation, but we just wanted to get out the difference between fixed price and cost plus. 
As always, if you have questions, comments, or complaints, send us an email at paul at contractingofficerpodcast.com or kevin at contractingofficerpodcast.com. Or better yet, start a discussion on our Contracting Officer Podcast LinkedIn site. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.